Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helferty. Hi. This is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. The People's Player. The People's Podcast. Players Podcast. Prognosticators Podcast. PLA Podcast. The only Flyers podcast. I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad. In the middle is Bundy at Terrian 6. And on the right... Looking like he's still running on that dial-up Delco internet. Anthony Sanfilippo on Twitter, at AntSanPhilly. Gentlemen, the year 2023 has been a doozy. We're here to break it all down, review it. Oh my, how far we've come. How are you guys doing today? Anthony, you start today, bud. Well, I'm doing great. I, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I think my everything seems like it's coming through fine to me. I knew when my internet now it was is. down... Yeah, I knew what you it had. Was bad you had the camera year. covered I mean, in the uh, in the garlic, the garlic uh, parm or whatever. What was it? The garlic butter that guy said the last stream. It did look like that yeah, for I don't a little bit, but now you're on. back. I don't know what was going on that day, but that was yeah. Everything's everything's good. Was that the storm? Was it the day of the storm? Anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, blame, I'm doing good. I, this is I know this this is like you're so excited about this episode, Rust. You're more excited about this than maybe anyone. Because this is yeah. your, this is totally your your wheelhouse. You you are Mister Play the Hits. Go back and you know let's let's re- review everything and you know get it out there and let's say all the good stuff all over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, yeah, great. <laughs> there is something new that I want to get to though. But we'll, hopefully we'll have all right. Fine. Let's do let's do something new. Do you want to do something new? Is it really important that we're gonna blow up our evergreen 2023 review show? With something that's going to almost undoubtedly no longer be relevant in the next five or six days as people listen to this or as they go back weeks or months from now. Is it going to okay, still be we, relevant? We won't, we, okay, we won't, we won't talk about the fact that there's a report out there that Matt Bamishkoff might take five years to come over instead of three. Well, let's skip over. Go ahead. Let's do the year in review. There he is. There he is. Just pooing all of, No, go ahead, Anthony. Derailed the show. <laughs> Matt Bamishkov, five years. Here we are trying to talk about the positive well, things that I have mean, happened that, in 2023. Is that relevant? I don't know. Relevant? Not for this show. Not for what we're doing today. But sure, go ahead. We shouldn't talk about it, I guess. We'll wait. We'll no, wait go ahead. January. It's go fine. ahead. It came out. Technically, it came out. The news came out in 2023. Go ahead. Yes, it did. It came out yesterday on Christmas Day. There was a post uh, locally. Um, and... Uh, it was on Philly Hockey Now, but it came from a um, an agent in Russia who went on Russian television to say that the agents have been told by the president of Russia to um, keep young players playing hockey in Russia longer, uh, with the goal being somewhere in the four to five year range. And... I think people are starting to freak out about it. I've gotten messages about it. I got a message about it 
as like minutes after the story posted yesterday and then i've been getting dms and, and i got somebody to actually put a comment uh out um on you know attack i think they tagged you guys as well and snow the goalie account and on twitter and so like people are worried about this and here's what i'm gonna say it's a russian agent on russian television telling you that the russian president wants the russian players to play in russia longer it's nothing guys there's no mandate there's no rule that they have to stay longer there's no extended contracts here everything is the same as it was yesterday or two days ago because this report came out yesterday all right he's fine he has a five-year deal but this is two years in he's three years he has three years on the contract that's it he's able to come over here nothing's going to change everything's fine so anyway i just thought it was worth putting that out there and talking about otherwise when would we get to it russell probably on uh the morning after you know at some point here between now and the end of the year you are strong you are very strong anthony I mean, come on, man! Like, I mean, it's like, you know, and we go nuts over this. We go nuts over this stuff. It's like it's it goes crazy. Like, oh, some Russian agent on Russian television said something. Okay. And by the way, Bundy, we got to talk about boxing. We got to talk about boxing. There's a lot of there's a lot of Russians that talk a lot of stuff, but I can't imagine what they talk more of than a Russian sports agent on Russian propagandized television talking about the future of their young hockey program great stuff i used to have remember the days whatever happened to the good old 80s remember where some player would defect in a bathroom at an airport like let's bring mm-hmm. that back and then everybody would celebrate him for two years for having the courage to get out of the hellhole he was living in come on over here come bring your hockey talents i played with peter nedved for team canada he wasn't even a canadian he defected became a canadian and, and we actually had him, and I played with him on the Flyers, and he defected in, like, a toilet at the Calgary airport and hit during the World Juniors one year, and that was it. And then everything kind of changed in the world. But I think Mishkoff wants over here so bad, too. Like, it's part of the, the player, you know, like, so it's going to come down to that. Yeah. I don't think it really matters what Russian President Putin has to say about the future of their hockey. Otherwise, Alexander Ovechkin would be back playing – in that uh, KHL right now, yep. if he really cared. Yeah. Bingo. So. Bingo. Um, okay. So, Bundy, we are recording this, I, I do, I, of course. I, I do, on Boxing Day. Yeah, I was going to ask Bundy about this. Go ahead. You can do I, it. Go ahead. You want to talk. I was just about to say, it is it is Boxing Day, and a lot of Americans still don't know what Boxing Day is, or they have a very limited knowledge. And so I wanted to see if you could give some people, because there was a question here by David Waitman, if you have any fond memories of Boxing Day, can you please, first of all, dispel the notion that Boxing Day is a day about boxing? Uh, I, from what I heard, Russ, it's a it's a British thing that, that transcended into Canada because they were once part of the, you know, like whatever they did there with their stuff, uh, their, <laughs> their whatever they call it, their tributes. Yes, they, were, or their, they, were their, under, they were once under, they were once under. Under the rule of the queen and uh, international relations one with Bundy. There's Canada never bowed to anybody. Well, until about seven yeah. years ago. But anyway, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> 
Uh, no, listen, seriously. Um, I think it was to pack up the Christmas stuff and the decorations is what it was. But ironically, um, it it's a national holiday, too, in Canada. Like, it's as big a holiday as Christmas because it's a full day off again. So people are off. Uh, boxing, I would assume it's boxing all your stuff up again and, and throwing it back in to do it back into the, the attic or the basement till next year. But I, most people don't, I remember it was January 6th is te- technically like the Christian time for taking your tree down. It's apparently the last day of doing it. Right. And, um, but I, I don't know, unless someone has a different thing, I just never paid attention to it. It was just another day off to go out and throw snowballs at someone. No, that, yeah, that is it. Although in the, in the UK, they, yeah, I was going to say in the UK, they kind of made it into like another black Friday. A lot of deals. Yeah, it turned into another big shopping day. And, yeah. You know. I, we so, always do you, do you have any good mo- and, memories and, of Boxing Day? Because I can't imagine that Ant and I do. No, I don't have any at all. I mean, because you're still doing this stuff from Christmas. So I don't really. I, it just was another. It was an extra holiday. It was like three days. The Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. But I don't have any. Frank, thanks, Frank. It does not have anything to do with boxing. Nothing to do. But I'm guessing it's the boxing of all the stuff getting put back in. And I'm sure we could Google it. I didn't. But I tell you what, I want to talk about a Canada scam that they've had running for a while. And I, I, I want people up there. Can I, I, I want to use this actually to for people to help me do this. Go ahead. Canada, this is because I know we have a lot of Canadian listeners. The biggest joke that I think I've ever seen in Canada is the winter tires. Have you ever seen, you've never seen 30 million people race to the Canadian tire or the tire places to change from summer tires to winter tires. And I've been sitting here watching for years and everyone, and they're so happy to get there. Like, oh, we're getting our winter tires put on today. It's going to be amazing. And then the spring comes and they take these winter tires off and they put the spring tires in. They don't just throw them out. They put them back in their garage. This has been going on forever since cars were invented. And I would like someone to please answer me what the fuck kind of racket this is that they have actually made people put two sets of tires on their cars because I've never heard of anything in it in my life. I've heard of things called all season tires or radial tires, but I've never heard of you got to get two fucking sets of tires because that's the law. Can somebody please answer this for me and end the dispute? Because it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. If you get some winter tires, why wouldn't the winter tires be good enough for summer? You guys have no idea. I see Anthony and Russ laughing because you don't know what's going on. It is a disgrace what they do up there. And and you should see the Canadians are all like at the door like, hey, I'm here to get my winter tires. Oh, you're going to have to wait three hours. No problem. It's the most important thing I have to do right now. Are you ready, Russ? <laughs> You know, That's I'm going to take you back I, a little I, bit. I, I mean, I, this has been on my mind. I asked my group of <laughs> five of us in a day. I'm like, can someone please explain it? Because there's people, oh, we got to get the winter tires on. That's so important. Right, I'm done. If anybody could ask me uh, or fill me in on it. Look, I even put it down. It was a thing I had. Look, it, it says winter tires. There you go. Winter tires. And then you know what I found out? Let me finish. If you don't have winter tires in Quebec, you could find $200. <laughs> yes. 
That actually does make me suspicious of winter that's tires. Clock. That's that's because it's a racket. That's horseshit. I and will you say. know what? Look at this guy right here. This is it's called. Where's my friend here? Uh, Which one? It was someone put down. It's called all C or uh, someone Eric, said they Eric work. Wisniewski. This one. Yeah, he it. said they work. You know, like or something. Great, they work, but oh. they also have all season tires. So yeah. no one else makes anybody buy two sets of tires. Yeah, there it is. Make yeah. a huge difference, but don't all season. Okay, I got off totally off, but I wanted to it's check about- with my Canadian. My friend said the same thing. He's like, "Winter tires work, man." My buddy yeah. at home said, "I'm like, all right." Yeah. You know what they so, used to do back back here? Back, and I don't know. Maybe they did it in Canada too. They used to put the chains on the tires for the yes, yes. way back when, right? Yes, yes. So this this may come as a surprise to you, Bundy, but I am not. I am not look the at, son. What? Go ahead. Look at this. It's a law. That's all. That's that's it. That's the okay. answer right there. Okay. So okay. This may surprise you. I am not the son of two college-educated parents. My dad was a mechanic. And so I can tell you with full certainty that there is actually some benefit to winter tires. Now, I don't want to be accused of being part of big rubber or big tire, okay? So I will tell you that I am not about to get paid a commission for any future sales of tires, okay? But a big part of it is the treading on the tire, and it's also the compound. It's the rubber compound that's in the winter tire. So summer and all season harden up as the weather gets colder, whereas the winter tire, um, those compounds allow for it to stay uh, softer and allow for it to get better traction. And to bunt, or to, uh, to Ant's point, uh, the chains thing was real. In fact, like we growing up, my dad built this um, like kind of like a small loader uh, to, to plow our driveway and everything. And uh, we used to put these gigantic chains on the back, massive back tires. That was pretty great. So it, it is a thing. Um, I think that for the most part, unless you live somewhere where it is absolutely critical that you have them, you don't need them. If you're in an area that gets 6 to 10 inches of snow consistently, then it's worth having. But if you're just somebody who like lives in a place where there's like 2 inches of snow, and Anthony screwed up which one he had on screen. He just went black. Now we have double Anthony. Jesus God, Anthony. <laughs> Bane of my I'm here. <laughs> yeah, oh, that mic sounds awful. Whatever you uh, just did, you just made everything 10 times worse. You just made it worse. I did not. Anyway. I so did not. You did. It doesn't sound as good. And it's a lot louder, too. So, bu- Bundy, um, big tire might be a real thing. Jay Money answered. Oh, we might have had the answer here. Okay. Well, I just said that they're softer. The compounds allow them to stay soft. Okay. Yeah. I just found out too, Jay is actually a hired consultant for Michelin. There you go. That's not true. It might be. I don't know. Perhaps. Um, Andrew's very good here. Apparent Russ knows nothing about rubbers. That's true. Not not a big rubber guy. Yep. Uh, All right. So anyway, now that we've gotten, we've had winter tires that we've gotten to chat about. Okay, thank you now, for your answers. Now that we have uh, all the <laughs> Donald, I'm tap dancing for the lucrative big tire sponsorship. I will tell you what: if Goodyear or Michelin wants to uh, wants to sponsor us in the new year, by all means, we will work with them 
and we will sing the praises of the winter time. So, 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 Ross, we're now twenty-two minutes into this thing, and we've. But yet- is he really loud to you? Does his is his like audio twice as loud as it was before? No, no, it sounds good to me. It's very loud. Okay, uh, we're twenty-two minutes into this thing, and mm-hmm. we've not done one iota of the year in review. Mm-hmm. Have we completely oh, sabotaged your 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 show yet? No. <laughs> we didn't have to yeah. design this. We're going to see how long we can go without saying a word about hockey. <laughs> no, because this is the beauty. This is the beauty of things. I can cut all this out if I want. It doesn't have to exist to the public record anymore. But for now, for the people who are joining us live, they can enjoy it. But I can kill it if I want. But I won't. I won't. Because it's still good talk. Um, okay. I do want to look back on where we came from this year. Because... We have had a few people. It's funny. When you go back and you look at the history of this show and about how critical we've been about the Philadelphia Flyers over the years, we were always told that we were unnecessarily negative, that we had an agenda, that we hated everybody. We hated everything. It was Bundy was a bitter Comcast employee because he got fired by Comcast, which wasn't true. Or uh, Anthony's still pissed off that they killed his um, – and what, what was that show that you did, the the – the video series with the Flyers. What was it called? Flight, flight plan. Flight plan. They're, he's so pissed that they they got rid of his flight plan. Um, and Russ is just a, a little egotistical asshole. One of those three things is true. I will tell you, one is true. Two, two truth or one truth and two lies. Um, but then over the course of the year, we have kind of changed a bit, and we have not become corporate shills. We have not become sellouts. We have sat back and said the entire time, Bundy, what's the thing that you always like to come back and say? We tell the truth. Yes. And that's, but I, again, I don't think there's enough of that, but we have done that. And, and, I, and I promise, like people said, like what, what is the, <clears throat> if there's one thing we've learned this year, it's that bullshitting people gets you nowhere mm-hmm. and, and you're better off presenting it in a way. But I really do think that a lot of the, uh, I don't think we did it in terms of the fans were asking us to, but I think a lot of the fans mimicked what we were saying. And I think they had an understanding of it. If we're starting guys uh, and I don't want, on January 1st of 2023 and we're taking it till the end of the year. I mean, as we said, it's been leaps and bounds different. And there's been a, probably a lot of things behind the scenes that people didn't really know that went on. Um, but I tell you what, in terms of where this, so I'll just say it quickly. So I'm not going to go three minutes. The return to culture has been the most evident thing that we've seen this year. The building's been fun again. People are starting to come back. The team's work ethic is back. Uh, the coach has been great this year. Like I can't say negative. I don't necessarily like the process all the time, but there's been so many good positives. The fans are into the games again. The goaltending's been excellent. Um, the press box, the balcony area has been great. And a lot of that was simply because they placed two former flyers that – I mean, I, that – had an understanding of what the fan base was, was dying for again. So they were able to do that. That that's been to me, the easy part. And I think that the, we three were the ones that probably screamed the loudest from the rooftops because I couldn't sit around and watch what somebody had built and watch it just get absolutely rendered irredeemable. I mean, that's what it looked like. This franchise deserved far better than that, and the fans did too. So when I joined this podcast, it came on with good intentions. I didn't really, I just wanted to keep talking hockey. Uh, while my other life was changing and I went into the recovery field. So this gave me an amazing platform. But what I've seen is, is truly positives. You know, it looks like we've gotten, going back even to last year, we got a good pick with Cutter Gauthier. We got another really good one on this uh, regime with Ma- uh, Matt Vishkov. 
um, that you know will, will provide a lot of goal scoring. So there's been a lot of good things. There's a, there, the future on the horizon is so much brighter than what it appeared to be two or three years ago. Now I will tell people for where they're at, the excitement that lies right there in the arena, the the presumptive you know future that this team has, the hard work that the players have put on the ice, and all those good things. Um, this is probably a one year window for that because you're not going to be able to reduplicate this again next year. It's just too hard with the same messaging with the coach when you lack, quite frankly, lack the skill that it takes to move, you know, deep into a playoff uh, format in the spring. So I think the the, the real job, uh, the the hard part of the job, uh, is finding those players to, to put in because yeah, it's great being the building. The atmosphere is back. But what, it, what the real work that Jonesy and Danny have to do is to, to, to take their vision and put players in place that are going to work. Um, and so until we get to that point, I love what's going on, but that's really where the future future lies is in the, is in their the talent evaluation from those guys and the people around them. Um, but, uh, and I'll end it right here for what we loved about Flyers hockey and the things that were taken from us for for the four or five years previous to that. uh, It's been probably one of the best feelings of my pro sports life to see a normalcy and adults in the room again, uh, running the Philadelphia Flyers the way that Ed Snyder would have wanted it run. People say, you know, I hate when they say, Oh, who, you know, Ed Snyder ran like this. And that's what worked for 50 years while he was the head of this team and people loved it. So I look at something and I say, I don't know, uh, you know, what what it was here the last few years, but what has worked here has been the culture and the brand of the Philadelphia Flyers in the Philadelphia public. And that's what we've had uh, a return to this year. And that's what has truly made me excited. We will continue to critique the team when necessary. We'll continue to be honest and we'll continue to have fun. But in terms of where they're at, I'm looking forward to the future. Um, this is a step in the right direction this year, but it's certainly not to, at the end um, phase of where they're looking forward to, to what happens next. So where, where this team was just to give people an idea to kind of jump back in the way back machine when the clock or when the, the calendar flipped into 2023, this team was 13, 17 and seven. Okay. Uh, we always like to talk about the fact that like, if you don't win, it's a loss. Yes, you get a point, but realistically the team was 13 and 24 and to recap and not to trigger your post-traumatic Fletcher disorder, which many of you probably still have and feel the effects of. And hopefully we've been therapy to help get you through that. Your PTFD. Um, this was a, this was a team, at least the start of 2023, started the 22-23 season that we were told was going to be a playoff team and just needed to get a few guys back healthy. And it was around this time, around the 26th, maybe it was a little bit earlier, and you might remember the date specifically, but that's when Chuck Fletcher had a press conference where he said, we expect to get back Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson, um, and we think that they can take this to the next level. And we sat here exactly a year ago, and we said, that's just not going to happen. And in fact, and if I remember, around this time last year, you said that Couturier would at best be back by February. And yet the, the fans were kind of gaslit at this point last year to, hey, it's still a playoff team. Ignore the fact that we're this far under 500. There are good things to come. 
Uh, and we went into the new year saying there are a lot of legitimate issues here. Is my timeline right there? Nah, you're close. Okay. Uh, close enough. I'll take close. You're, you're close enough. I think okay. you're conflating a couple of press conferences together into one, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, we're not, you're right. We're not here, you're not, we're not here for, for the truth. No, stuff. I mean, I mean, and that's where that's where it was. It was like it's the 18th, 18th and the 23rd. Uh, there were two. There were two separate things. There yeah, was, there was two. There was, separate the, there was a we're a playoff team, and then there was another one. Yeah, I, yeah and I right. think, and I think that, and I think that the, uh, I think my reporting at that point was that Coots was not going to be back at all for the year, even if they. It, it, there was like only a very slim possibility that he would play at the end of the season. Um, and I never, I was never under the impression that he was going to play as long as they were out of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, just imagine, think about where they were less than a year ago, less than a year ago yeah. where they were. And they are, and compare that to where they are now. And really what's, what's different when you think about it, you changed leadership you changed a handful of players in the locker room, and that's it. I mean, what else is different? I mean, it, so so that's what that's what it's it, it, you know when you look at it and you put it all together, the very beginnings, and I think Bundy can probably address this better than than even I can. Um, it, the very beginnings of of being a good team has to start with the way you approach the day in day out operation as a player as coaches as management everybody like how the operation how the machine is 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 oiled and greased and and keep kept operating on a daily basis not even just the games but every day you know how how you arrive what your schedule and structure is on a daily basis how you practice how you work in the video room what conversations are taking place off the ice how the team is always trying to mold itself into uh, a, a you know a, a unit that can that believes in itself and that buys into you know into the into the stand you know the standard and the culture the words that the flyers like to use all the time but it's the truth you can't start being a good team unless that foundation is in place you know we, we make all of these references to you know building a home and 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 the like you know and i remember towards at his presser last year said that this team um is at the footers right so it hadn't even started laying the foundation right so that so you know you, you 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 hear those things and it's like oh okay well what is he talking about well this is what he's talking about this is the foundation that's being laid this season Okay, and it was put in place once the change happened at the beginning of uh, in, in March of last year. That's when it that's when it really, really began. But then after that, all you had was was a few, you know, handful of player changes and you got rid of some big names and you didn't bring in any big names. So think about that for a second. You got yeah, rid of Kevin, Kevin Hayes, big contract, yeah. Ivan Provorov, big contract, Tony D'Angelo, not necessarily a big contract, but but, a, you know, this is a significant one. They all go, and the people that are replacing them are not anywhere close to that kind of contract. So it's not like you you went big-name player for big-name player, but you put together a group of guys who want to play together like each other and play as a team, and that's that's where this all starts. Yeah, I was actually going to get to um, – they trimmed a lot of fat uh, out of mm -hmm. this organization with the players that they, they dumped. Uh, I wasn't around the room, but I'd heard enough to know – that I knew too much at that time. 
Um, when you trim a lot of that stuff out of the locker room and you get rid of that dead weight and guys that are just not willing to to do what you need to do, think that are bigger and better than the program you got going on, they have to go, especially if they're not that important to what you're trying to do. Like if you look and say, oh, well, can we not win a Stanley Cup without one of these guys? No, that was never the case. So I think that that became part of it. I think Torts in a lot of ways did self a lot of examination on those players over the course of last year. Um, and I think that was huge, Anthony. You're totally right. I just think – and it wasn't just three guys that we moved out. It was three guys that people thought were really important, but they weren't. They just they just were not guys that were going to help you in the future. Maybe – I think a lot – I mean, when we go back to the um, – uh, the the, uh, the you can play game uh, the stripes and all that I yep. think that showed a lot like I even even when you look at like what happened in the game like that like with Provorov um, if you can't just be there for your teammate for 15 minutes then what kind of a teammate are you um, obviously there's guys in that room that's more important to at the time but I felt like there was a lot of that at the time that just did not resonate well with players. Uh, I know there's fans like, oh, he can do whatever he wants, and I agree. I agree with that, but it just didn't. It just didn't sit with the with the flow of the team at that time. And I think looking for something to get on the same page with was important, and it just never happened. And all it did really was just add to the crap that the team was going through anyway through the yeah. year, and it it didn't help. It was like a cherry on the top. Yeah, it it, on it, it. yeah, it amplified publicly. Yeah what was wrong in the locker room the fracturing of the lo- of the locker room that's what it amplified i and I, I i think i told the story on snow the goalie back when it happened but i i can't I, i'm driving i was in the car on the way to the game that night and my phone starts blowing up from people this is it had not even broken publicly yet that this was happening but it from people within the organization who just could not believe what was going on who were telling me you're not going to believe what's going to happen tonight. Provorov, he's not going to wear the jersey, and they're fighting in the locker room and this and that. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is happening now. I'm in the car. I'm on I-95 driving to the game, and this is blowing up in in the locker room. And multiple people are texting me about it. And I, I knew we were in for a total shit show at that point. I knew I called Russ. I called Russ. I called him right away. I'm like, you're you're not going to believe what's happening. And Russ wasn't even. This was before Russ was even coming to the games. Russ was just sitting at home. And I called him from the car, like, you're not going to believe what's about the, what's going to happen tonight. And, it, and another, yeah. But the the I, thing about it though, Ant, was like, <clears throat> it it wasn't surprising. And again, I don't want to relitigate this. Like, if if a player doesn't want to do something, they don't have to do it. This is the beauty of living in a country like the U.S. versus perhaps one that might try to make their players stay for five years domestically. Is that like you have the right to to do what you want. If it upsets people, you have to be ready to take that on the chin. If you're an organization, though, I do think that you're owed it by the player to at least fully articulate where you stand on it so that you can make the necessary um preparations i guess and that, so that you don't have, have a public backlash they, and when you go back to it because i think it got misconstrued when we did that can episode, i give you an example go, of something that happened years ago so i know this story for fact jake Voracek several years ago said i'm not fucking wearing this shirt i'm not fucking doing it you know before he gets all uppity and everything and i'm not doing it i can do what i want so somebody went up and said hey listen there's somebody in the locker room that this is really important to Jake said, I did not know that. I'm putting the jersey on. 
That's how you show you're a good fucking teammate, that you care about the guy next to you, and that sometimes the greater good, which is a team, is bigger than you, the selfish individual. Yes, you have a right to do whatever the fuck you want in this country. That's your that's your right. But how hard is it in the spirit of team, in the spirit of supporting a teammate, how hard is it to put the tape on or a jersey in that moment? Um and just go off the ice. Doesn't I don't want to hear this religion shit. Like I mean, you can blame it on that and I'm 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 religious. But don't come out at the moment and say that. Like when you've had issues to do it before. Yeah, I, here's I, the thing though. If 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 that had actually that was, been, and that again, was, that I don't, was the I don't crutch want to, he leaned on. He leaned well, on a he, crutch there and it was garbage. You could have done he, something for your teammate in that moment. This I think is was actually part of a bigger issue that they just had as an organization at the time though. Because everybody knew that Provorov did not see eye to eye with Lawton on this, right? Because Lawton, every every game that we've been at this season, he has hosted LGBTQ um, community people in seats or a box or something. And it's been every game. They've made that announcement. They've shown the people on screen. So and, they come, clearly, and, they go, and not only that, they go down and meet him in the uh, locker room after the yeah. game. I mean, so usually, this, usually that conversation's happening when I'm doing my – uh, press row show interview from from the locker room after the game they're literally 10 feet from me having yeah. a little conversation with scott lawton in every, so, in every game this has always clearly been something that's been really important to scott lawton right and Provorov was not that way and i think we all knew that but the cognitive dissonance in all of this was the people who were high up at the time fletcher mort just didn't think that this was yeah. ever going to like rear its ugly head and all you had to do, and this comes back to like, again, I don't really care where you're at uh, on, on any of this. The simple thing to do would have been to say, hey, if the team agrees that they're going to do this thing, and we have this one guy who very clearly is not, then we're going to scratch him for the game. We're just going to scratch him. He's still going to get paid. We're going to scratch him. And whether you think that's a, gut, a gutless move by an organization to make or not, well, that's that ultimately is the well, one that allows you to avoid the the sham and the and the insanity that happened because this was just one of many things that sent <laughs> that sent this organization down a very very brutal spiral well, for the next two months. Well, you 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 know you know what else they could have done to to be in a better position to handle this problem. What's that? They could have told the uh, the the business side. That this was happening. Yeah. The people who were responsible for the public response to the backlash of, of what was happening had no idea it was coming. Mm -hmm. And apparently they knew the Fletcher and, and his group knew for a week, at least a week, that this was going to happen, that yeah. this was happening. Okay. But they never told anybody. So that's where you talk about the dysfunction from within came out publicly. Okay. Yes. That's what we're, we're trying to it, tell everybody. Yes. yes. That's what it is. So in other words, these things, things happen in business all the time. We all know this. This is not a surprise that there's yep. always some kind of negative shit happening at work, right? Who yep. doesn't get along with who or the company's making a bad decision doing this or whatever. And that, that stuff happens constantly. We don't really pay attention to that in sports enough. Um, we happened to be people who were willing to shine a light on it when it happened. So that, so I think that was beneficial for us on Snow the Goalie. But the fact of the matter was is that th th this didn't need Snow the Goalie to shine the light on it. They shone the light on it themselves. 
They turned the spotlight on themselves. They put it on and said, look at us. We are a complete freaking mess. Look at us. They did it to themselves. They didn't need us to expose them on it. So that's what the, that's what I'm trying to tell you is that that was the biggest problem with all this is it showed the absolute dysfunction that the organization had in its own walls and everyone got to see it on display. And the fact that that was less than a year ago and they are where they are now is fascinating to me that they made such a 180. It really is fascinating. Well, so yeah. I, I let me fly through this really quick because this is how crazy the start of the year was, okay? Because this was, like I said, this was kind of like one thing that kind of like lit the flint or whatever, right? Like this was what was about to light the big bonfire that eventually led to to revolution and, and upheaval. And I, I just looked. It was December 1st last year that, that the, you wrote that you wrote the okay. story about uh, Tortorella and Fletcher yeah. and how they, they had press conferences the on the same press day. press conferences, yeah, yeah. And they said practically totally different things. Correct. And that was the first real sign that you went, oh, boy, it's not just the Snow the Goalie guys have an agenda. There actually might be something wrong here. Surprise, surprise. So they went from that to, I think it was a few weeks later, Fletcher had, like, a uh, clarification press conference where he kind of said, you know, we're still a playoff team, yada, yada. And then uh, it was, like, two weeks later is when the Provorov thing happened. And then, and like, another two weeks or so after that, three weeks after that, Fletcher had another press conference. It was at the end of February. And I believe that that's where he finally said something to the effect of, you know, maybe, like, maybe things aren't going to turn around the way that we hoped they would. <laughs> Perhaps now that we are, because at that point, and let me just look at the record really quick. That was February 28th of this year. The Flyers at that point were 23, 28, and 10. Um, and and then a week after that, Chuck Fletcher got booed off the stage, well, on the stage, around the stage, at a season ticket holder event at Xfinity Live. And that was, I think, the thing that finally really pushed this over the line. It was one thing to see that there was discord between the coach and the president of Hockey Ops at the time. It was another to have the Pride Night thing blow up the way that it did. It was another for the president of Hockey Ops at the time to continue to say, it's a playoff team. We just need to get a few of these guys back healthy. But when he got booed on the stage at the season ticket holder event, and Steve Coates at the time, good old Coatesy is up there, and he, he said something to the effect of, oh, you know, don't, don't boo, don't boo, we're better than that. That, I think, was the moment, Ant, where we started getting a lot of texts. We were getting messages, we were getting videos, we were getting audio from people who were season ticket holders, who were fed up, uh, who were saying, like, this is getting really ugly in the building. And I think that's when the text really started coming through, Ant, of there's going to be a change made. I don't know, and I think that you there was a. Did Coatsy do that in English that night? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was kind of. <laughs> and so that I think was the night where the text started coming through. Of, I don't know how this continues. I don't know how well, the organization could continue to make the it was, choice to keep him here in this role, given how bad this is. Like, and by the way, this wasn't just like a local thing. This was all over. Like hockey Reddit, not Flyers Reddit, hockey Reddit. It was all over international hockey news. It was not just here, it was national outlets, both US, Canada, and abroad. 
Like it was an an ultimate black eye on the organization. It was it was a full condemnation by the fan base, and a final like true fuck you to the people at the top at the time that like you've gaslit us for years and have provided us an underwhelming product and absolutely no hope for the future. And like the, that was about the time, right? Am I I I believe that's when things really started rolling. Well, it was the whole weekend. You're missing. There was a whole slew of things that happened in succession in this. It, not just a weekend. It was like five days, and it started actually with the debacle with the Rangers fans. Oh, that's the right. Wells they took over the center. building. You're yeah. right. That's what started the whole thing, and that was just like, oh man, do we look bad? And then that led into was the that trade Black that... Friday game, Anthony? No, no, no. It was no, no. March. There was there was, was one that was, was even worse. If you remember, Bundy, that was the game where. The, the Rangers fans were all in the Wells Fargo Center. It was on national television. And yeah. then the local feed, the local feeds were um, not a lot of people couldn't get get the game. And so they were right. blaming the flyer. It had nothing to do with the in all honesty, it had nothing to do with the flyers. It had more to do with I think it was was it TNT? Or, yeah, it was. Yeah, but it was it was, it was it was uh, it was the March 1st game. Yeah, that it was game. an overtime loss. Yes, that game started and, the whole thing. And that and was yeah. the day before Fletcher came out on the stage. F- right. Fletcher had the, the season ticket holder event. Then you had the trade deadline that went awry. And he said, I couldn't you know, nobody wanted J- JVR, that whole disaster. Um, then there was something else that weekend. And it was just it was couldn't a sobering JVR. weekend. Couldn't trade yeah. JV. Yeah, the the JVR thing not not working out was a big thing. Couldn't, and, couldn't and give he, him away. Oh no, it was it was when he came out and he said because there, he, people were asking like why did you not just make like a fringe deal like there have to be players that you could have moved for something and that's where he came out with the line that the analytics department had put together a uh, an app like they they'd put together a little program that gave the value of the player uh, and and they were really proud of it and they were very excited about being able to assess a value through this model of, of what kind of draft compensation each player was worth. And he said that straight face. I think it was actually at the, um, the town hall he got booed at, where he, was, he, he, like, he said that as, it, as if that was supposed to like, absolve him of the sins and was supposed to get the fans to go like, oh shit, you know, this whole time we thought he was a, a fucking incompetent Muppet. But in fact, um, he, he's, he's built this program. We're in great shape for the future. Yeah. So what happened was, and I'm going. I just went back and looked up what I wrote. So the day before the the Rangers game, Fletcher speaks for the first time in three months, and says that rebuilding, although he didn't use the actual word, was the plan all along. And that, right. yeah, and that one that they've been pretty clear about all year. Mm-hmm. That was what started it. That was, the, and then you had the Rangers that game. Um, then then you had. Uh, uh, then you had oh that's when Cuz uh, was on ninety seven five screaming for Comcast to sell the team. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that, then you had the trade deadline. Um, then there was the town hall, and then then you had like just everybody was going nuts, ripping the the flyers and the organization and Comcast and that whole thing. And then they fired him. There was this too. Him. There was that line at one. Well, point that was about the, that the, was December. That was yeah, that goes that, back. You're right. That's right. The fifth most improved team was back in at the December press conference. There yes. we go. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it, so that it was, was funny that he, like he what, more than any other GM I've ever seen. Like I've yeah. never seen a guy lie to fans more than that dude. It was fucking breathtaking. Yeah. It's just breathtaking. And I mean, I know I think he was a well, he was a Harvard lawyer, but I mean, um, it was unbelievable. I'd sit there like watching this shit, and I'm like, this is fucking for real. Like, mm. 
unbelievable to watch that. That I mean, it was, dude, it was, you talked about the like errors in the history of sports. My God. Well, people unfortunately will never forget that. That made the early nineties look like a beach vacation in the Caribbean. And that was a rough era of Flyers hockey, you know, before Eric came in and, and a lot of the good years came, but I'll tell you what, man, that was, that was, that was rough. And Anthony, that's a good call by you talking about the, uh, that five day span right there. But yeah. I do, I, there were so many missteps and that's, and then I think it was probably around that time based on the interviews that, that we had with um, uh, Dan Hilferty uh, at the end of the summer, that that might've been the time frame that yeah. Dave Roberts had looked at him at a meeting and said, Hey, is there anything you'd maybe like to do with this? And I think that's when the wheels started to go in motion. But yeah, that that same story that I wrote, I'm I'm, I'm looking at it here because I was talking about what was next, and I had uh, I had written Dave Scott. I'm told will be given the opportunity to step away from this mess gracefully, likely looking at retiring sometime at the end of the season. Actually, happened a little bit sooner. Um, and then uh, end of Scott chooses to walk off into the sunset. Who would then oversee the Flyers hockey operations? Cue Dan Hilferty's walk up music. So, I mean, we, we were there. We had this all back then uh, talking about it. But that's they knew. You're right. It's exactly what Dan told us when Brian Roberts called him. Like, they had to fix it because it was in such disarray and it was such a mess. And it, it's been – I did not think that they could turn it around as quickly as they turn it around. And I'm not talking about just on the ice because there's still a lot to be seen what's going to happen on the ice. But I did not think that they could turn around the relationship with the city as quickly as they did. And now Jonesy was on with us the other uh, last home game, right, Russ? And mm-hmm. and, 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 he, and he said they still have more work to do in that front. And I think what he means by that, even though we're seeing – Good crowds, right? Big crowds down there at the Wells Fargo Center, and everybody's into the Flyers right now. They're kind of an you know an interesting team, and 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 the excitement is growing around them. I think what he means by that is they're still giving away a lot of tickets. They're still they're still getting people to come in the building for free, and when he says we still have work to do, the work that the organization has to do is get people to be excited enough to buy the tickets themselves and not have to just have handouts to come see hockey. And I think that that's the, that's the next step. The point is they figured out ways to get people into the building, and kudos on them to do that, right? People are interested enough to go, oh, we got free tickets? Like last year, if you offered somebody free tickets to the Flyers, they weren't coming. They were like, yeah, yep. forget it. We ain't going to go. But this year you're offering them free tickets. They're like, I'm going to go I'm gonna check this team out. I hear a lot of good things about them. So like that, that part is working. But they, he's, what he means by we still have work to do on that front it's we have to get people to want to spend their money here on their own without us giving away tickets to them. That's the next step for them to take. I, yeah. I talked to somebody in the market recently um, who I would say is important for one of the media mediums in the city who would have like very, very intimate knowledge of, of the way that people are perceiving teams and the willingness to go to games who said the exact same thing, that his company had, say, however many seats, box seats, and that last year actively offering a box to people, to potential clients, to potential whatever, that nobody wanted to go, period. And and I get, and I want to say this really quickly, because you guys know how I am, that I'm, I'm Mr. Crossover Guy. Image matters. The sound matters. The optics matter. It doesn't matter how you get those people through the turnstiles. 
It matters that they're there. Because that's what ultimately creates the excitement. Here's my awful crossover for the day. When you have a mostly empty arena, it doesn't matter how you light it. It doesn't matter how you mic it. It is clear that it is not a full arena. This happens, it used to happen with the WWE for a long time. They were piping in a lot of crowd noise and they got a really bad reputation for it. And then the product got hot and they started filling out these big arenas again. And AEW, their main competitor, had these like smaller venues that they were filling out and people were like, all you would talk about is, oh my God, like you have to go. It's like going to a concert. It's this crazy atmosphere. And over the last year, they've made a bunch of mistakes. And what you see now is these giant arenas, like a Madison Square Garden-esque kind of thing, not that one specifically, but like you see these 20,000 seat arenas that they're selling tickets to but they only have 6,000 people in attendance. And you can tell. It doesn't matter how you light it, and it doesn't matter how you black out different sections. You can tell that's not a full arena. It's not close. And that actively hurts their product. So if you're a team and you're playing in an arena like, say, what Arizona is, where it's an embarrassment, it's like a 3,000-seat college arena, if you're filling that out, it's still an embarrassment that you're playing in a college arena. But you can make that into an atmosphere. When you have a big building like Wells Fargo Center, and for the last few years you had maybe 10,000, maybe, on a given night that were there, and they were so spread out that it felt like significantly less, there's no way to make that look like a full arena. And when you don't have that excitement jumping in your face when you're watching on TV and the product is bad, you have no, no reason or motivation to put your good, hard-earned money out to then say, let's go down and spend however many hundreds of dollars it's going to take to take the kids or to go with your spouse or your significant other to go down there, pay for parking, do the food like the works. You have no reason to do it. Whether it's because they're doing handouts now, Ant, whatever it is, you watch these games and you listen to them on TV and it gives you the feeling that Flyers hockey is back. And whether half the people paid for tickets, a quarter of the people paid, three quarters paid, Nobody gives a shit when you're watching it on TV. All you know is you say the team is good. They play hard. That crowd sounds great. I want to be part of that. And that, I think, is what has allowed them to turn this thing around perception-wise so much faster is because it now feels like a thing that you want to attend. It's becoming a must-attend sports event in the city again where it hasn't been that for a really long time. Bundy, you would understand this better than us. But when you're a player and you go into a building and there's 10,000 people versus going out and playing in front of a packed house or damn near close to it, you I have to imagine you can feel that as a player. I mean, yeah, and because of some of the great players that I played with here, uh, LeClaire, Lindros, I was afforded a full house every night. And, you know, that, those are probably the glory years of flyer ticket sales, uh, 95 through probably – 2015 they probably had a great 20-year run uh but that's why um that's why it's important to stay on top you know like yeah you know i don't think i think it's important that there's people what happened was really when you go back to it and just kind of assessing not just a year interview but the post uh ed snyder passing it was just unbelievable. I mean, the the, the thing, the, the greatest misstep of, of it all was that they didn't have the right people to continue carrying the message. He had Dave Scott and Valerie who knew nothing about hockey, the franchise, the history, the importance it what it meant to the fans. So I really felt like it took 
years before people started talking about this, people close to the organization starting to, to whistle about it. And that's where the change was made. But that, you know, again, guys, we could, we, there's a lot of things that went on this year. I don't think we'll ever have a, re, a, a year in review that is as detailed and poignant as this from the political bullshit that went on with the, uh, if you can play night to um, a lot of the other stuff, the cracks, the bullshit through the media that, that we were told. I, I, you know, again, without getting negative, um, I just think there's a, there's a lot of things uh, that have been so good. And we, you know, a lot of the players, I just read like a guy like the name, like Wade Allison, um, mm-hmm. you know, the guys that have taken steps, you know, Sanheim, Provorov gone, he stepped up, Sean Walker, we didn't know who he was. Risto had a very good year last year, you know, like in terms of taking a step. Um, and then guys up front, you know, it's been a, it's been a mixed bag at times, but you know, the other part, Katuri without the, the team, without Katuri, the team with Katurie, uh, you know, how they look this year, it's been a lot of positives, but I'm just telling people that if you think this is continued, will be your core. You have to think again. And I, I'm going to keep ha- beating the hammer on that because this is not a team that's yet prepared to win. And Jonesy, when he says that to Anthony and you guys, like we have a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's building the fan base back. That's a paid fan base that want to come down to that building uh, once or twice a week. And that's super important. That That's where the bread is buttered. So mm-hmm. I think they're doing a lot of the good things. Um, just implore people. I don't want this to be the devils of last year. You know, they made a huge stride. And then they followed back down earth because Lindy Russ message may have been just one of those one year, Hey, let's fire everybody up and let's get them going. You know, Jack Hughes is taking a step forward. Uh, I don't want that. I want this to be sustainable. Uh, I'm not saying the devils won't be, uh, but I, but even the Islanders, when you look at the New York Islanders a few years ago, they got the two conference finals. I just never felt though, like those Islander teams were going to win the Stanley cup. Even if they got there, they just didn't have enough. There were a couple players light. So that's why it's important. If you're going to do this and do it right, go all the way in, you know, the flyers, make the moves, make the bold moves when the time is right to give yourself a chance and then lock the core in for a few years together and let, let it run. But you got to be right. And that's, that's the thing. You know, there's a lot of people over the years, they say, Oh, they'll be great hockey people. And I sure hope Danny and Jonesy are, I know them pretty well. I have a good belief in them. But there's a lot of guys on other teams, you know, that, that got the wrong core together. Look at a guy like Brendan Shanahan in Toronto. Yeah, he had a GM in there. He let him run for years. They had high-profile talent, about four of them. But there's no sustainable model. You know, I don't know how much runway a guy gets like that. But uh, Toronto, to me, is great if you want to go watch a couple pieces of high-end talent. But if you're thinking that that's going to get to the third or fourth round of the playoffs, I wish you all the best. Uh, so that's why it's not about having an in the moment team where you have like really exciting, couple of exciting players. That's going to keep people coming to the building. It's what are you going to do to keep people coming to the building? Because you have a really good team. And, mm-hmm. and that's when I used to hear Bob Clark say, you know, you don't, we don't trade players to win a Stanley cup. You trade players and get, make acquisitions to make your team better. And that is, it, I've never understood it more than I do probably over the last five or seven, 10 years. Um, uh, you're not going to, you can't get players to win the Stanley cup, but you get players to make your team better and grow together. And I think that's, what's going to have to be so key for, for Danny and Jonesy. I said last week, you know, like we may lose eight players off this team to what they consider upgrades. Uh, that's why I'm saying don't fall too far in love with anybody here because I still think there's a lot of changes coming and even ones that you may not see. Uh, this is a, this is a process. It's going to be a long process. It could be, it could be two or three years, but I think the one thing is they're ahead of they're ahead of the curb. But I also want people to to realize they're ahead of the curb now. But this may if you took the same team next year, 
there's no guarantee that it would be in the same spot it's in right now. And that's what I tell people just to be, be very, very cautious of and aware of, you know, be careful what your expectations, because if you're satisfied in the moment right now, you're not going to have the same celebration and, and, and the same uh, thought of this team in April, May, and June, because it just won't be there. And, and so that's why I tell well, you to have the yeah. patience. And the danger, Bundy, really is is more so than just that. It's it's that you know whatever this team ends up being this year, it ends up being. But even if they even if they let's say they just missed the playoffs and they're on the outside looking in, okay, they made a nice little, they made a nice step, made a nice run, um, but miss out, and now you go into next season. We can't have fans raising the expectations next season either. Like next season, you got to have it be the same as this season. Okay, maybe you know. All right, look, maybe maybe you want to see him go, you know, the next step and and qualify for the playoffs. Okay, maybe. But the fact of the matter is, even if they don't and they just miss again, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in this vicious cycle of being a bubble team. It's just part of what a rebuild looks like, right? I mean, that's really what it is. You want them to be competitive. But, I mean, and even if they make the playoffs this year, that doesn't necessarily mean that next year's expectation should be a little bit higher, right? I mean, it just means that, good, they, they, they're they they expediting the rebuild a little bit faster, but it's still not there. They still have things to do. You're still looking at three years out is really what is the target here. So um, I think that, and, and Trevor Harris says it really nicely, the ex- expectation, can the expectation just be that they're watchable? Yes, that's what the expectation mm-hmm. should be. That's what the expectation should be right now. And that's what they are, and that's good, and that's a good thing. And it's to consider that they are a watchable, entertaining, fun hockey team, regardless of if they're a playoff team or not, in December of 2023, when in April of 2023 or March of 2023, they were an ab- absolute mess. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty darn good. That's that's that to me that is an expedited rebuild to be that much more watchable and likable in nine months after as far down the hole they were nine months ago. This I just want to clarify this right here too, uh, Bundy. If eight flyers, I'm not saying eight flyers are gone next year. I'm saying there's eight players on this team and maybe more. Could be ten, eight, ten, or twelve that will not be here when this team is a, is is capable of winning two rounds. That's just that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not I'm certainly. I would like to clarify that they are not going to get rid of eight guys over the summer. They may, but just it watch. May, take a look be at the th- roster. Right. Take a look no, at the maybe three or four. Look, yep, and then take a look at two years or three years from now. Yeah, and you tell me how many of these players are here. So, and I'll most likely be correct in and around that number. But that's that's also turnover, upgrades, youthful upgrades. Um, there's a lot of different things. Anthony, I, again, I don't know if we did it in the pregame or not, uh, or in the as we were doing the banner before we started. Could you please just explain again really quickly the Michkov situation? Uh, just very yeah, quick. Yeah, I see. We've seen a lot of stuff. People may have missed that. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll, I'll say go back and, and listen to the, to the beginning of the show, but real fast, I wouldn't put anything into that report. Uh, again, it is a, a Russian agent on a Russian television show talking about what the president of russia wants his players his young players to be it has nothing to do there's no mandate there's no requirement it is what it is it's just it's just propagandist bs right now um 
you know, could there be political pawns used at some point in some way in some capacity? I mean, we saw it with uh, with uh, Fedotov, right? Um, certainly, certainly could, but I don't think that you're looking at star players being used in that way because the they it's better for Russia for star players to play in the NHL than it is for them to play in the KHL. Wait, are you telling me that the IIHF's ruling uh, that Fedotov had violated international uh, that 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 suspension didn't hold that nobody took the IIHF seriously? What that also happened in 2023? Yes, it did. let's let's not forget. That the, the Fedotov thing is a huge part of 2023. The fact that the guy went missing. There's the, there was the video that came out of him being ushered into a, an unmarked van and then being gone. And sent then to Siberia. Sent to Siberia. And then the agent coming out saying that he hadn't spoken to his, his client, uh, that his client fell sick. There were all kinds of things that came out about that. And then at some point it was, oh, he has to go do his mandatory um, – his mandatory military uh, service a few months removed from the flyers inking him to a deal to come over for this season. Uh, so there was that, that also happened. Um, also this season and this year, the flyers reinforced the goalie position in a way that I don't think we have ever seen this team try to load up on goalies. Not only do they have Carter Hart under contract, but they also have Sam Erson. They, kept Felix Sandstrom at the NHL level to start the season. Um, they added Anthony. You and I always go back and forth in this guy's name. It starts with a K. I think I always say Kolosov and you say Kozlov. No, it's, it's one or the other. It's Kolosov. I always say Kozlov. Yeah. I think of like Cosmo. Uh, they have Kolosov. him. They picked up Cal Peterson from, um, from the Kings. They picked up uh, a few guys in the draft. They have tried to fortify that position. For the first time ever, the Flyers actually have almost, make maybe you can make the argument, an abundance of riches at the goalie position. Um, and we've talked about this in recent weeks. But the Flyers, to some extent, you can make the argument right now, based on how they've played, they have two number one goalies right now. She, uh, she's been traumatized. Su Susan Lowe, for those who are listening in the podcast feed after the fact, <laughs> says, I have been traumatized from the past from the goalie situation. I'm now starting to recover with Hart and Erson. Please don't take them away. I can't go through it again. But like two two legitimate number ones. At, yeah. at, if they were to continue this way through the entire season, two legitimate number ones. And I think it's big enough that it's not just a small sample size. They They have both played very, very well this season. I was throwing that to you, Ant, but no. Okay. Oh, you didn't say Ant. Uh, well, but no, that's, I just I kind of thought that you no, really I mean, like to jump in, but they've, uh, yeah, they've no, been it, fantastic. They have, both goalies have been really good, um, and I even give Carter a little bit of a of a pass on the on the game in Detroit because, other than the sixth goal, I didn't think that the other five goals he allowed in the game were on him. Um, I really don't. I, I think that the only the sixth one was uh, was really his fault, um, and uh, look look at wait a second, wait a second, I got to stop right here. What? Intern intern Andrew is on the show right now, or he's <laughs> watching the show right now. What is he but doing? He's, he's updating us on Team USA and the World Juniors. Intern Andrew, what a intern stop. Andrew, where to go? Where'd intern go? Andrew, clip the goal, clip the goal, and we'll put it on the snow the goalie thing. See, <laughs> I'm gonna start giving intern Andrew social media responsibilities now. One nothing yeah. USA halfway through the game against Norway. Yeah, not they're, ideal. They're playing great. This is going to be this 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 would this is a you know again 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 what's again 
No, it's like um, Miracle when they played. Wasn't that Norway that they were playing in that game when they tied in the pre uh, the pre Olympics? And he makes them skate after oh, the game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was against Again. Norway. Her Brooks, Again. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what that's what I was thinking of. A one nothing game against Norway. Oh boy. So that's something. Certainly yeah, something. Um, guys, is there anything else that you can think of from this year that you want to dive into here that you are, uh, I guess, you know, if we go into the season itself, the, the big storyline probably was I'll, the, was I'll throw the, one at you. Go ahead. I'll throw one at you. There was a time at the end of last season where, mm. and we even talked about it on the show. And I, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder what people's thoughts are now. There was a lot of criticism of John Tortorella for not coaching at the mm. end of the season and instead going and sitting with Danny Briere up in the GM's box for, was it three games? I think it was um, at the yeah, end of the season end, to end the season. Um, and, you know, whether there was the people who thought, well, that's Torts is running the team and Danny's just a puppet or, you know, whatever. Look, John Tortorella, whether you like him or don't like him, um, is doing a hell of a job coaching this team right now. And I'm not certain that anybody thought that would be the case when he was doing that back in April. I know we we sat here and said, what the hell are you doing up there, Torts? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, you can't have those conversations with Danny separately. But you know what? Maybe that's what was needed to get rid of the people that they needed to get rid of to show the kind of culture that needs to be put together for this team. And looking back on it, because it doesn't, that's not something that happens all the time, right? That the coach goes, decides I'm not going to coach these games. Although I guess he gets, he gets credit for the win and the loss, right? I mean, that goes on his record, even though he's not behind the bench, kind of weird. So that goes on his records. I know he just moved into the top 10 and, or he's tied for the 10th now and all time wins in the NHL. Like he wasn't behind the bench for those games. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, point being, what do we think about that now when we look back at it and says maybe that there was something more beneficial out of him doing that than there was that seemed at the time seemingly kind of, you know, uh, I'm better than everybody. And, you know, who, why, why does John Tortorella get to do this when nobody else does this? Like who does yeah, he think I, he is kind of thing? I think he should have been behind the bench to be honest with you. He could have had those conversations elsewhere. I'm just yeah. my opinion. And, I and, and that's fair. NHL, and that's and fair. NHL coaches going, if it was anybody but Torts, they'd never do that. So again, yeah. I, I'm about I'm about structure and the way things are going. And if he's thinking, "Oh, my team's so shitty, I'm going to go talk to the GM up here during the game," you could have done that on the plane after. And uh, so I, I know you're one way on it. I usually agree, Ant. I did totally disagree. And, and so, and I'm not even saying that I'm away on it. I'm because at the time I was like, I'm not 100 percent sure on this. I, I you know this is kind of different. It's I wasn't killing the guy at the time, but I also well, wasn't. I supporting of it and now i don't even know how to think about it like i mean does one have any kind of tie into the other like does the fact that they were able to make the changes that they've made to get the team to be more structured and more you know playing for each other in the way they are now did that have any did him doing that with danny have any impact on that like these no because i i think he honestly got he could have sat on the plane after and said hey get rid of these three guys and i'll give you a chance of winning more games next year Okay. Possible. It's fair. No, I just said it was one other thing to talk about that happened last in 2023 that 
it was a kind of part of a crazy situation in hockey that you just don't see, and it all surrounded the Flyers. And then I, I take a look at all of this happened, and at the same time, you you and, and, and I, we all kind of sat together and we said, all right, where things were last year with how bad they were, we still wanted to build our show. And, as, and as, as you and I know from way back when we first started this, the only time that you can really grow your show is one of two things. The team either has to be really, really bad or quite good because when everybody's kind of lost in the, in the muck and the mire of mediocrity, there are people who still tune in and who still check things out. And like we talk to other people who do similar shows uh, with other Philly teams, but like you kind of need things to go one way or the other. Either you become therapy or you become like part of the rah-rah. And when we sat back and we said, all right, what are we going to do this year? And how are we going to kind of jettison this thing to another level in 2023? What are you smiling about? Andrew, Andrew did exactly what you asked him. It's on Twitter. Did he really? Yeah, the goal's on Twitter. He cut it and put it on Twitter. Where on his tagged, Twitter? He tagged you. Intern Andrew. Oh my god. I got He good tagged one. you. Intern Andrew, I love you so much, but for God's sake, you should put on the Snow the Goalie account. Okay. He doesn't have access to the Snow the Goalie account. I'm gonna give him access to the Snow the Goalie account. Tagged, Intern Andrew. He tagged Intern Snow Andrew the goalie. is going to he's you know, he's an absolute beaut. What a delight. That guy. <laughs> um, okay. I've calmed down. My if moment. You, if you want to put it up, it's on Intern Andrew is I didn't know he's capable of doing this. Why is he not doing these clips? Okay, we're gonna, this is going to be a post-game. This is going to be a post-show thing with Intern Andrew. We're going to have a chat. Apparently, they just went up 2 uh, to nothing, which is great. Again, not evergreen here, but here we are. Um, when we talked about the show, Ant, uh, we fielded offers. And you and I did a very in-depth thing about this uh, on the YouTube channel. It's also in the podcast channel about some offers that were made to us this year. Um, I think we had one day that was probably one of the craziest that we had of the entire year. We went and we recorded the interview with Dan Hilferty, which the team requested at the time. You have to remember, for the people out there, we were persona non grata, or whatever the hell the plural of that is, persona non grata. Persona I. A-E is pronounced I in Latin. Okay. Uh, we were those. We were those people. And um, when we heard from the team that Dan Hilferty would like to have a chat, we thought, all right, like, we'll, we'll do this. But again, we're not state propaganda. So like, there might be some uncomfortable questions in there where we talked about the Sixers and the arena and the relationship. And we actually broke some news there that then another outlet that's a, a more legacy outlet tried to run with like a week and a half later, two weeks later as, as being like the first time he had spoken about it publicly. It's fine, whatever. We did that. And then the same day we fielded a, a call about buying Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. Bitch, you can't buy Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. Ain't happening. Uh, and then a, what, a month or two later, we had the chat about um, partnering with the team. And we were initially, I think, worried that we would have some of our longtime listeners who would say, oh, no, these guys, to Bundy's point, have always told the truth. Are they going to be able to tell the truth if they are working with the team? And again, when the conversation came up, we said we are not selling the team or the show. And I think the team even said at the time they didn't want to buy the show. They wanted to just empower us to kind of do what we do on a better scale, on a bigger scale. And I can tell people definitively that now that we're two months into this, three months into partnering with the team, we have not to this point, God's honest truth, for three months have not had a single time where somebody from the organization has come up to me 
or I believe either of you and said, you guys can't talk about that or you guys can't nope. say that or you guys not need to thing. delete that from a podcast or nope. um, these are things that you are not allowed to talk about with a guest. When Hilferty came on at the Jonesy event, when uh, Jonesy came on and <sighs> Danny Briere came on, well, that's another thing. But when Danny and Jonesy <laughs> both came on for the, uh, the pregame on Press Row Show, when Fridge comes on, when he came on with Bundy and I post-game the one day, when uh, Brad Marsh came on, like we have not been given talking points. We have not been given things that say you're not allowed to broach this. We've never had, and full disclosure, we've never had a moment where somebody said to us, don't ask about the Carter Hart situation with, with Hockey Canada with any of these people. It's never happened. We've never been dictated to. And that honestly, I think, is maybe the most refreshing thing to come out of this entire year. We started this year being absolutely despised by many of the people who were at the top of the organization at the start of 2023. And here we sit at the end of 2023, and I think we are in a better position where we have better access to people who matter with this team and have gained a, an even larger following through all social platforms and through the podcast feed to be able to do what we do and to give people better coverage than I think we ever could have envisioned, especially given how this year started. Bundy, I, I want to I throw this to you really quick. Have, have you had anybody dictate to you what you, Bundy, are allowed to say on Snow the Goalie? I never have. As a matter of fact, I was at the game last week, and we got to remember I played with Jonesy, and I think he was here a couple of years. He played with, you know, and, and again, we be, we're good friends. But he came up to me last week on the press box. He's going through, and he said, hey, Bundy, thanks for what you guys do. It's been a, tr a huge help. Um, and and I really think that that's kind of the message they want. I think there's, I think in a lot of places, guys, I think there's, I don't understand it, but I think that the more honest you are with people in, in no matter who they are, there's more, you get better results from it. Uh, I think social media has probably brought that out, but um, I think people appreciate it. it. It's refreshing for the fans. Dan Hilford, he said, you know what, when the fan boos the, the team on the ice, that's their way of expressing it. And we have to have people that have balanced uh, views of the team. Now, I will say this. We talked very well about this team, too, because they've deserved it. There's been a lot of great efforts this year by a lot of people. Uh, I'm, I'm never, I, I like Torts. I've never want to say I love them, but I've learned to really like the things that he's done this year. Now, I don't know if, what that translates next year, but this is how, this is the best way to be because we do praise the team. We've done a lot of that this year but also be accountable when guys have had rough nights. I know what it's like to be a player, and I know what it's like to be ripped in a paper or publicly, um, and I don't do it because we're just talking about the games. But essentially, you become another – you're a hot topic. Anyone on the ice becomes someone that can be praised or can be evaluated every night after a game, and that's what we do, and I think we do it fairly. We never pick anybody out to go after them. We never – have targeted a coach or anyone in this organization. We've never had animosity off the side to go after anybody. I will say one thing, guys, and I always have, and maybe that's why I don't do mainstream broadcasts anymore. I refuse to fucking lie to the fans. And I don't know if maybe other places in the city are in the business of it. I have a pretty good idea that People will do what they need to do to retain viewers, but that was never my thing. And I always felt like if fans were paying for their cable or paying for tickets to go to the game, they should be told the truth and uh, and have somebody that understands the game telling them the truth. When your GM fucking lies to you all the time, the previous one, that's bullshit. That's total bullshit. 
and uh, and I wouldn't stand for it. But I tell you what, there's a lot of people that are on our sides now. They appreciate the the character we've had, probably some of the balls to call out what happened with the last regime, and uh, I'm happy that we're doing it. I love being over there. I love being at the building. It's like you know, in top ter- terms of you know my personality when I walk in there, I feel giddy some nights. You know, just being back in there, the team's looking good. There's a good work ethic. I'm working with you guys. And uh, I get to see a lot of my old friends and teammates that were there. So it is a win-win, guys. We're not going to – we're never going to stop being who we are. I'm not. Uh, if the team stinks one night, we're going to call it. If they deserve a great uh, pat on the back and an attaboy, we're going to give it to them too. If we see mm-hmm. some of the stupid shit that we see, we're going to call it out. But if we see things that are worth celebrating, uh, we're going to also talk about that. So, yeah. yeah I, 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 will say, I will say this, and this is going to sound like pandering to them, but it's not. They deserve credit, the organization, for letting us be who we are. Yep. Because they very easily could have tried to say, hey, we want you to do this or or, or come given us one message. And then once we started, like Russ said, they could have said, well, hey, guys, what do you think about saying it this way? Or, or don't go be so hard on so-and-so or blah, blah, blah. But, and they haven't. So like, I, that's why I think that it's important that people understand that they deserve credit for that because they deserve credit for us being able to continue to be upfront and honest and, and, and criticize when necessary and praise when necessary. I, I, this does not happen in sports teams in pro sports like to control their narratives and the flyers are willing to not control their narrative with us to have people engaged discussing and talking and, and being, you know, interested in the team again and that's 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 outside the box thinking for that for professional sports and it's like i got to give them credit for that 100 you know what i like i'll say i'll wrap this up how long is it away from like an actual format like this of just like like the manning cast before you get calls like this on a broadcast before someone has the balls to finally say fans like this it's like sitting at a bar and you're talking about hockey, but you're watching the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything just feels so powdered now. You know, oh, is your makeup done? He's all, and oh, you know, make sure you get your, stretch out your jaw so your words come out properly. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't know. I, I love a format like this, and I would gladly yeah. do it if someone ever gave it a chance. But I'll tell you what, it's down to earth. It's honest, and uh, and and you're right, Anthony. You said it exactly right. The Flyers have never said one word. Um, yeah. Just been really, really appreciative of of our honesty, and I think looking back at what happened before, I think they were appreciative of our honesty during that regime too. Yep. Yep. Uh, hey, there was a super chat in here from Hunter Mikos that I think is probably worth us uh, doing here before we wrap it. I up. think uh, yep. wrap this thing up. But Hunter says, before you guys go, what is the biggest change you see? Uh, either see coming or want to see happen in the next calendar year. Biggest change you either see coming or want to see happen in the next calendar year. Also, thank you, Hunter, for the super chat. Thanks, Hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, Hunter. Um, that's a really good. That's actually a really good question. Um, and uh, you know, it would be easy to sit here and just say, "Well, you know, you're probably looking at Cutter Gauthier going to be part of the team," and and mm-hmm. like, how does he? change the dynamic once he starts playing that's probably the easiest answer right i mean of what i expect to happen um but what would i like to see happen is a, a little bit different i i i would actually like 
to see them parlay a goalie into something else to benefit yeah. the team. That's what I would like to see. Do I think it's going to happen? I, I don't, I'm not saying that. But if you're asking, so what do I think is the most interesting thing that's going to happen in the next calendar year? It's going to be Cutter Gauthier and, and how he impacts the team. What would I like to see? I think that you have enough goaltending depth within this organization right now that you can use that as something to bring in other assets in some yeah. capacity. And I'd like to see them do that in what whatever capacity. I don't know. Um, but I, that's what I would like to see. I'm not sure it's going to happen, though. Interesting you say that, Anthony. And we'll just finish with this. But I wonder, I wonder if that means that the goaltending gets an even play coming down the home stretch. So let's just, for the numbers, uh, sake of the numbers, say there's 50 games left, right? And up until yeah. the deadline, there's 40. Mm-hmm. Does Torts somehow methodically find a way to play each guy 20 games to see if there's extended value for a guy like Urson? I, you know, again, like I'm, I'm just spitballing that out there. But I do. I'm thinking like you are. They got something there, and yeah. they have two number ones. And I'm telling you guys, in a league where there's some shitty fucking goaltending, whew, I'm I'm ex- I'm more excited about that one goaltender that they're gonna move because they can really turn that into assets. Like if I'm a guy that can trade a good goalie now, whew, I'm holding those cards and I'm making sure teams are bidding like crazy on them. Um, Man, I, I don't know. That's that's what I would do because, again, I'm not saying this is not the year we're going to win the Cup. So why not mm-hmm. toy around with things a little bit? And if you've got to maybe just kind of have a look at a little bit more look or give other teams more of a look at both yeah. guys. Someone well, say, oh, we can get Urson, but we're going to have to give away uh, one or two defensemen. That's how you get your one or two perhaps off of another roster. Yeah, look, and I think that that might be something ultimately that happens in the offseason if if it would would happen. I don't see it as a deadline thing, although teams will get more desperate at the deadline and maybe we'll sure give up will. more. But you're not going to you're you're really not moving a number 1 defenseman in season, right? So that's kind of the thing. That's why I say I think it's more of an offseason type move, but I do think that, you know, and it's not just Hart and 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 Erson, it's the fact that you have Kolosov coming next year and you drafted two other kids that you think could become NHL caliber goalies they, and they have other goalies in the system who can potentially be NHL level backups right so there are there, there is enough of a cupboard full there that you could probably turn one of them into something that will get you assets that you need ever elsewhere and that's that's what I would like to see. Whether they do it or not will will remain to be seen. But I think that that's something that would make a lot of uh, a lot of people excited in twenty twenty four. I think I'll piggyback on you. Yeah, I think that what I'd like to see happen in the next calendar year is I would like for the the Hockey Canada thing to be done for a lot of reasons, and I would like for them to be able to make a move that can help this team in their rebuild. And if, you know, we, we've talked about this a bunch, but the 2024 draft continues to be something where you say there are three or four guys who are star quality players, not cornerstone, not franchise-altering players. And so if that's the case, I wouldn't be opposed if they were able in 2024 to move a Carter Hart, whether that's at the deadline, if the Hockey Canada thing is is all done, or if it's at the draft, wherever you're going to get the best value, and it's probably at the draft, 
I would rather see them make a move for a 2025 pick, if that is what is perceived to be the stronger draft. I'd like to see them get multiple picks, and I would like to see them get legitimate assets because I will remind people, and this happens all the time, when you talk about a trade and you talk about getting picks, you don't have to use those picks. You can use those as part of a bigger move for a player that actually does help you. And if people go back and they listen to the interview that we did with Jonesy when we announced the partnership with the team, what was the one position he said was more important than anything? It wasn't a goalie. It was a number one defenseman. And if you think that it's going to be too hard to find a number one defenseman through the draft in the next couple of years, but you're able to take whatever you can get from trading a goalie and parlay that together with another pick or another asset, and you feel like, hey, this thing is actually much farther along than we thought. The kids are all playing well. The vets are contributing in a meaningful way. And you think that you can turn this thing in two years instead of five or four. Then I think you consider making that move. You go out and you get that number one defenseman through a trade. And you, you push the foot, the pedal to the metal. And that, I think, is, is what I would like to see happen next year. Because I think that as much as people like me have wanted to see them tear things down to the studs, it will not happen. And I'm starting to think that based on the way that some of these young guys have developed this year and they've developed through winning, you might not have to. They might actually be better than we thought. What? Wait, 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 wait. Say that again, Russ. Did you just did you just say that basically without saying it, did you happen to just say, Yeah, Aunt, you were right all along? No, because we are now <laughs> we are now multiple months into the season, and we can actually we have empirical data in wait, front of you, us wait, you, that you mean, shows you, that there's mean, a chance that you mean a lot you of these guys are better faster than, we than you can rebuild faster than five to seven years. Is that what you're saying? Are I'm you, saying that right now this? the the Come data on, are you, are you is pointing Chuck us. Fletchering me? Are you Chuck Fletchering me right now, Russell? You can. You can. Listen, in this <laughs> all the Flyers need. Okay, and and I you know I say this very Trevor, carefully, Trevor. <laughs> I, I say this very carefully. Uh, Anthony, this team is a potential cup contender if they're able to get Ryan Ellis back. Yeah, there the you go. <laughs> and we believe that the Flyers are going to uh, oh, have Ryan Ellis back here we go. in the not-too-distant future. They're also yes, going do. to um, – Can, from you, can word you do on the that? Street, Instead of the Bundy bomb, can we get like a Russ gaslight? Like rust lighting image rust lighting that we could put rust up like a little mm -hmm. rust gaslight thing. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. No, but I don't know. I, I, I just think that there are so many things that you can do here. Um and and if nothing else, we've talked about this a bunch. I do think that the team is better than we thought that they would be. There is still a lot of season in front of us. It is truly still possible that the wheels fall off. But as of right now, if nothing else, twenty twenty three started as a dog shit gaslighting festival and it now ends with this team looking like an actual hockey team and one that people can actually kind of believe in and that they're not wasting their money to go see. And that guys is quite the revelation here in 2023. Brian, Speak did you here. get that? Did you get that from Meltzer? Just wondering. And I want to know, did he un unblock you yet? Read it. Read the comment. Because Brian you always forget Crail. that people listen. Thousands yes. of people listen to the podcast. Feed. It's Brian not Crail just the YouTube says, people who we love. Brian Crail says, did you see one of the analytics accounts gave Morgan Frost a 95 overall score, which is higher than Couturier and slightly worse than Austin Matthews? I did not, but I was more interested. I'm less interested in the comment, more interested in if Brian Crail was ever unblocked by Bill Meltzer. That's what I want to know. So if so you attack Billy, if you attack Billy, you get blocked on Twitter. Well, that or guy. Attack did. Morgan Frost. 
I think that's what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just curious if Brian was unblocked yet. We tried. We even brought it up to Meltzer when he was on the pregame show. No, he wasn't. He wasn't unblocked. Oh, Brian, we got to get in touch with Bill Meltzer. I know Bill Meltzer's watching. I'm sure he is. I'm sure Bill's the best. Unblock him, Bill. Unblock him. Brian, drop your Twitter handle below so that when Bill watches the show or listens to the show, we can read off or he can see your handle. Drop it in the in the comments below. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Um, there are two things before we head out. Um, and I think that we probably need to do this anyway because there was something that happened uh, that was so good and so sensational, and it is still, after all, the holiday season, that uh, for those who somehow might have missed it, I think that we need to take a moment to acknowledge the greatness that was the intern Andrew poem, oh, the holiday poem. One more, One more time. time. With and then we're going to come back here and we're going to talk about a couple of other things. But in case you somehow missed this, please enjoy Intern Andrew with his holiday poem. Twas four nights before Christmas and Wells Fargo was far from dead. The last home game in 2023. It's Flyers versus Preds. In walks Keith Jones and his partner Danny Briere in the hopes that in his costume Intern Andrew would be there. And I was, unfortunately. They saw me in this. That was an all-time low moment. (laughs) Now, Bundy said something yesterday that I feel I must repeat. He said he'd reimburse me for this costume, so here's your receipt. (laughs) And it was not cheap. Jesus. Shout out to Bobby Brink, who has a new number one fan. He remains the only player to have shaken Andrew's hand. That's true. None of the other players have done it when I went down there. So Bobby Brink's my new favorite player. Love it. On Konechny, on Sanheim, on Faraby, on Stahl. Shoot the puck, shoot the puck. We're on the power play, (laughs) y'all. Because here we give our unbiased opinions, even on nights when the Flyers have lost. And unlike Bill Meltzer, we'll actually criticize Morgan Frost. (laughs) Now that we've done 16 games together, I feel like I know you all. Russ apparently is trilingual and Ant has to pee in the stall. (laughs) Also, Snow the Goalie merch is still available online. It's not like Russ has brought that up on the screen four billion times. (laughs) Shut up, that's snowthegoalie.com. See, that, that was a seamless plug right there, Russ. This is great. It's fantastic. Now, before I go, there are other people who I think deserve some hands. Shout out to our loyal listeners, commenters, and fans. Folks like Andrew Fawcett, my buddies Ryan and Brendan, Matthew Benick, Eric Berkey, and my dear sister Kaylin. That actually didn't rhyme. I just had to get them all in, so they're not (laughs) mad at me. Thanks to all the listeners, down to every girl and boy, and even our behind-the-scenes co-hosts, my mom and Nancy Joy. This is amazing. I know this has been very corny, so please don't rip me. I'm just trying to make this the best podcast on both sides of the Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope your holiday season is void of all of life's dangers. Merry Christmas to all, except for the Capitals, Penguins, and Rangers. (laughs) I'm still laughing at that. It was so good. It was fantastic. Everything was great. Like he, He did such a good job. And that was that was truly next level. Great job, great job to intern Andrew. We gotta pay. Uh, I gotta pay him, Russ. But we're gonna. We're gonna all right, we're we'll figure that, that out. We're, we're, we're gonna figure that one out. Yep, we're gonna. Where do you buy that thing? Where do you get that thing at Buckingham Palace? The best part <laughs> is that he remember. The best part is that he bought both. Yeah, he, he bought like two of them. he bought he bought two costumes. 
incredible. Yeah, he's incredible. I can't wait till we get him in the pink uh, bear, uh, bunny outfit for Easter. <laughs> Did you like that suggestion? I said he has to go Cupid for Valentine's Day, the Leprechaun for St. Patrick's Day, and the Bunny for Easter. Oh, we'll get him God. in that Christmas story pink bunny outfit there. <laughs> oh, so oh, good. Boy. So good. Um, anyway. So there was that. We'd encourage people, obviously, there's shop.snowthegoalie.com for your merch. And then if you look up above us, we've talked about this a couple of times, but for those who might have missed it, we are doing a combo trip. March 7th to the 10th, Philly Sports Trips. You can go to phillysportstrips.com slash trips slash snow the goalie. That link is also in the description of this episode on YouTube and Facebook and in the podcast feed. But we are going to be doing a two-part trip. We're going to head down to Florida, down to sunny Clearwater, where we're going to watch a Phillies-Astros spring training game on a Friday. And then on that Saturday, John Tortorella is going to be recognized as part of the uh, 20-year anniversary of the Stanley Cup winning team down in Tampa. So we'll be doing that game on a Saturday. So if you've ever wanted to get down to Florida to go see spring training or to see a Flyers game or both, or you've ever wondered what it felt like to go put your tootsies in the ocean and then go to a hockey game mere minutes or hours later, You'll have the chance to do that with the Snow the Goalie crew. It'll be all three of us. We're going to go down there and have a, a wonderful time. We're going to have a meet and greet party. Big old get together. Might have some guests at that meet and greet. We'll uh, have some information about that at some point here in the not too distant future. But if you head over to phillysportstrips.com, you can find it in their upcoming events, or you can go to the specific URL, phillysportstrips.com slash trips slash snow the goalie. And be honest, how excited do you feel? I'm great. Brian Crail's already said he's going to be there. Ryan Ingrick is is talking about making the trip from Finland. That would be what? fantastic. They would love to bring Ryan Ingrick in from Finland. Uh, so that'd be really cool. That's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be we're we're going to have a lot of fun down there. It's a it's a great town to to hang out and and, and have a good time. We're also going to do with our friends um, from Philly Nation uh, Flyers Nation. Um, I always get here. We got baseball on the mind on the brain now. Uh, but Flyers Nation, uh, they're doing a a. a a trip up to the outdoor game in Jersey. Uh, we're going to make an appearance at that as well. So they, they have a thing with Philly sports trips as well. You can also, if you want to buy tickets to that game through that, be part of the tailgate, hang out with us um, before the game. We'll be there for that as well. So uh, that's on February 18th, of course. So also if, when you go to the Philly sports trips.com uh, backslash trips, backslash snow, the goalie, if you just look at the rest of the trips on that list, you'll be able to find, uh, the other um, trip up to New Jersey, and we'll be part of that as well. So be sure to you know, check that one out as well. So we have that trip. We have the outdoor game that we're going to attend and do some stuff at that other tailgate. Um, I think we have another live event or two that we're still trying to work on. Plus, the we, have ta- the snow the goalie. we have the Snow the Goalie tailgate that yeah, we're going to do at some point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. Forward. It'll be after the Flyers Wives Carnival. So yes. it'll be after the or Flyers Charities Carnival. The name is I, I will say right out, I will say out loud because I've told I've in conversation with the Flyers the goal is March 30th against Chicago. That's the goal for the for the snow the goalie tailgate. It it's not 100% locked in yet but that that's the date we are targeting to try and get it locked up. But we'll do a really big tailgate. It's going to be a lot of fun um and then we'll probably figure out I would assume we're going to figure out seats that are up in that revolutionary row up where we do the press row show. But we'll we'll see. Yeah, there's, we'll there's, figure that there, part there are a lot of moving parts to this but we thankfully do have some time. Um, you know, if, if it does end up being that March 30th, though, do have to kind of point out that um, that would be the game that intern Andrew would have to dress up like the Easter Bunny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
he could have him flipping burgers in an Easter bunny suit. We could have intern Andrew walking around with a nice big Easter basket, handing out uh, eggs to the people. Yeah. Bundy flipping burgers, but intern Andrew hop, hop, hopping down the bunny trail outside of Wells Fargo Center with some eggs, some chocolate. Be great. It's gonna be great. Uh, that's great. So, All right, well, uh, have a great day, Russ. Yeah, yes, it's time. It's time for us to go. You Everybody, can, you can get up and walk off, just like you do at the press yeah, row show. Formal here today. I love everybody, and uh, we'll have a great week. We'll see you in a couple of days. What do we got uh, actually planned? We got a morning after. We got a morning. You know, Bundy, after. you and I. I think you and I have to come up with this because Ant's about to go under the knife. Yeah, I got, so you and I are. I you and I are going to figure tomorrow. out. Yeah, we'll put out on social oh. if we're going to do a, a morning after because there are two games. Later well, I this think week, we do one for both games because I uh, actually have to be. That would be Saturday, right, Russ? I believe and, so. We'll have to look yeah. at it. We'll we'll okay. look at it and we'll decide. We'll put it out on uh, on social media. So, okay. um, anyway, this hopefully has kind of scratched the itch for the people who've been missing the regular Snow the Goalie show as we've kind of mixed in a lot of press row shows and morning after recaps. Uh, hopefully, this did it for you. I would like to remind people that you can, of course, go on to <laughs> Apple Podcasts. And leave a five-star review because we did receive one from Canada in the last week. What? What are you laughing at? What? What's so funny? What's so funny, Giggly Bits? You don't see a comment on the screen? No, because I'm trying to pull up the the review. What? Why is my Andrew, intern Andrew, why is my whole thing just dressing as mythical creatures? (laughs) Who said they're mythical? Let's start there. Uh, Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, look at Patrick checking in from Sweden, I'm assuming. Uh, really great getting to watch him snow the goalie. Great. There you go. Good stuff. Well, I was looking for the thing, but I don't want to keep Bundy. I know Bundy wants ah, to. We, we've been at this wants, an hour and 45 to, minutes. Ru- Russell, if it was up, Russell, if it was up to you, we would never leave the screen. We would be live streaming 24-7 if it was your call. I Some mean, people seriously. do that. I mean, I'm just saying. All right, here, I, I've had it. This oh my god. Comes oh, this from... is it. This is it. What? Oh, wait, what? stop it before you read the review. I don't want to lose this this thing because Allison, who's a great listener, has such a brilliant idea. A snow the goalie calendar with Andrew oh. in costumes. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's do that's, that. That's happening. Oh boy. And we will put it up on <laughs> No. I don't know about that. Man, I don't know how I feel about that. I just think it would be so great. Dave <laughs> says next he'll be told to dress as Harry Potter. <laughs> that could be for the October, uh, for the Halloween. I, I, I was page. actually not thinking of March. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we're gonna turn Andrew. We're All doing right, five it. Star, five star review. B B B B B B B sixty nine sixty nine. Five stars. Part of my weekly routine. Love listening to the show a few times a week. Decades removed from Philly, but this show keeps me close to my favorite team. Love Bundy's stories from his playing days. So a big thank you to BBBBBB6969. I think, there was one, I think there was one other one that goes back uh, a little bit that we never actually read. Really? Yeah, from Marcial525 about post-game and morning after. I don't see that, but I do see Cozy1972 who says, five stars, simply the best Flyers podcast, this side of, of the Tim, right? The Tim River. Oh, yeah. nice. Hey, guys, I discovered your pod in the fateful final months of the GM who shall remain nameless. I've been hooked ever since. Russ's effervescent enthusiasm, Ant's journalistic perspective, and Bundy's player-only insight. And Bundy Bombs. 
Make it the only pod that's an open, honest, and transparent view on Philly hockey. Great work, boys, and a massive thank you from the UK. That's awesome. Thank you so thank much. You. Is, and to answer, great? Ryan's asking where can I do a five-star review if you have uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. That's where the five-star reviews are. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you have Apple Podcasts, that's where you do it. And Rob's asking the same question. Um, so, yeah, you could do it there. And Rustin, can they do it somewhere else as well? On Spotify, you can leave a five-star rating. You can't actually write a review, but you can leave a five-star rating. So if you right. go to the show page, just below it, you'll see a star rating. You can click there, and then you can leave five stars there. Um, and that's yet another way that you can do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know which one you were talking about, Ant. Marcel like Marcel five two five post. It's it's. I'll read it. I got it right here in okay. front of me. Um, uh, talking about post game and morning after shows. It says, "I love the post game and morning after shows, and look forward to listening after each game. Win or lose, your content is always entertaining and informative. Keep up the good work." So Thank you, Marcel. Yeah, that's absolutely. Nice. That was great. Yeah. Very nice. All right, so anyway, we got a bunch of five star views. Those will warm the cockles of Anthony's heart. Bundy is sitting closer to the camera, which means it might be time. Might he's be time for the morning constitution. He's, I think, he's I think somebody might have to, might have to, uh, well, you know, there he goes. Uh, a big thank you to everybody who checked in on the live stream. Big thank you to everybody who listens after the fact in the podcast feed. 2023 has been a great year. Bundy and I will probably be back one more time before the calendar flips to 2024 to do a morning after show. But on the off chance that we're not, or for Anthony, who's about to go under the knife, a big thank you to everybody who listens luck, to the show, Anthony. who watches Thanks. the show. Um, oh, Ross, here's real quick. Answer this what? question for this poor guy. Nathan's asking, he says, I use Google Podcasts, but it's being shut down. Any Android recommendations to listen outside of Spotify? I used to use an app called TriCast. Or no, no, it wasn't TriCast. It was, um, I know people use Overcast. I don't know if that's on Android. Uh, when I had an Android phone, I used Spotify. That was like my number one. We are on Pandora. We are on Stitcher is dead. It's Pandora. I think Pandora is probably the only other one that Amazon. There, there are there are third party apps a- a- that you can Amazon. Yeah, but you have to have right? Prime. You have to have Prime uh, to listen yeah. to through the Amazon Music app. Um, but you can like there are plenty of third party apps that you can go through and and give it a listen. Uh, I can't remember the name of the the app right off the top of my head. But um, anyway, we can't do this show without all of you, without your support. It's been awesome. I think the number one thing, guys, that has been really great is when we go down and we do Press Row Show and we have people who come up and they come to chat with us and they come to watch the game with us and they say really great things. And sometimes people are like show up in their Snow the Goalie merch. We had that one guy who came up the other day. He was wearing the Snow the Goalie polo shirt. Um, When we have people who come up and – He came from Tennessee. Yeah, like when we have people who come up and and talk to us, we've had um, wasn't it Andrew who came up from um, Texas, right? Yeah, like we've had people who have come from all over who come up and say such great things and such nice things, um, and it really does mean a lot because we do this we do this for the people out there. Uh, sure, we all have our own version of an ego. Anthony's is bigger than everyone else's. No, just kidding, just kidding. Yep. Bye. It's a big thank you, and like it, it really does mean a lot to us that so many people have such nice things to say, and um, we hope that we will find our way to even more Flyers fans in 2024. Um, guys, I will tell, I'll say this. I'm grateful for both of you. I'm Thanks, pal. really thrilled with the year that we've had right. together, and uh, honestly, it's, it's one of the, the things that I'm most proud of in this life, other than like my marriage and my kids. I think what we've done here is something uh, truly that we should all be very proud of. And again, really thankful to all the people who listen. Co-host Nancy Joy, four mm-hmm. children, Snow the Goalie. That's right. I think, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, just yep. making sure. Boys, we'll that's catch up in a couple of days. 
Yep. All right. And with that, we're going to roll out. Everybody have a great day. We will talk to you very, very soon.